Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're a Patreon pledger, you get it a day early. Um, my name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fine Thursday? Yeah, I'm alright. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I finished my Jake the Snake Roberts interview about two hours ago, so I've sent that in. Um, so just about to start on the... On that other, well, it wasn't really an interview, more an argument. So now is the time to mention who it was with. So, so can, can I provide a little bit of context to before it happened? Please do. So I had come to Finn and said, "Would you be interested in interviewing this person?" Right? Because to me, I, and I've you know we've all got an ego, right? But I'm fully aware that I'm not a hard hitting interviewer. That's not my style, right? My style is a bit more. Graham Nortony cozy type style, right? Yours is a bit more hard hitting, right? Which is what people want to see. And I was always really intrigued by the idea of you interviewing this person, and you were all for it. You were like, "Yeah, that'd be really good. Let's set it up." So we 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 managed to find a way to set it up. And oh, can I just chime in there? Yeah, I did say to the person who did set it up when he mentioned it to me, I said to him, "There may be problems with this interview." There may be problems. Um, so I I did uh, foresee... You, see, you take it from there. You take it from there. I did foresee this outcome. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically the interview was set up. We're all good. And it was like four o'clock on a certain day. And you were recording. And uh, we were all set up. And then 
usually what happens whenever you whenever Finn does an interview, I'm always, you know, gagging to hear how it went or whatever. And Finn will usually send me a text, you know, maybe an hour afterwards saying, Oh, you know, it was really good and you know, we we covered a bit of this, bit of that, and just kind of teases me with some of the stuff that's in there. And you know, it's always good fun. And when I got a phone call at twenty past four, I was like, is he not turned up? Like, is that what has happened? And no, that was not what happened. So fill, fill us in, Finn. Uh, well, the interview was with none other than Vince Russo. Now you know why I foresaw problem. <laughs> so we started it, and it was okay at first. We talked about Jerry Jarrett, um, who had sadly passed away just before um, this interview took place. So that was all very pleasant and, you know, actually some really good stuff there. Um, and then, you know, I asked Russo about um, the upcoming uh, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns match at Elimination Chamber. Asked him if he was looking forward to it. And he said he he wasn't. And then we, we ended up going down this, this, we had this conversation that then just turned into this argument, right, about, ratings and you know how things are he was saying that things aren't as good as they used to be and and um yeah it just he really just completely went off the rails and then um I think it is worth sorry to interject I think it is just worth saying I don't want to give it in the way obviously but I think it is just worth saying that from basically you you when you realized in the conversation about current day stuff that it wasn't going anywhere you attempted to move on to something yes. else so that it would not link and he would not allow you to move on. And that was where, you know, that I think that's that's quite a crucial part of this is that you weren't looking for an argument with him. You know, no, you no it wasn't. In fact, I even used the, the, the phrase, well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. We've got lots more topics to discuss and he would not let it lie. And he just went back to it. And um, so, yeah, I got pushed and I pushed back. And at that point, he left the Zoom meeting. He <laughs> ended the conversation. The interview was over. I think I spoke to him for about 11 minutes, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, I had all these questions I wanted to ask him and uh, didn't get to ask. <laughs> I only asked him like two questions. So yeah, total uh, fiasco, really. Um, yeah, but, then, but you know, I think the key is, and we've talked about this kind of off air, is that because what, what's ironic is that you actually really wanted to give him a fair shake. Yeah, yeah, I had loads of, you know, I'm I'm going to be writing about this in the magazine. I'm gonna we're going to publish what was said, and I'm just going to explain, you know, the things that I wanted to ask him, and you know, I, I I'm you know I'm going to take some responsibility for the failure of this interview. I absolutely. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm on The Apprentice. <laughs> You're going to take some other responsibility for the failure of this task, and you know, and, and I certainly will. You know, because it was. You know, I felt like I lost control of the interview. Obviously, I did, because he departed. But I mean, maybe that was inevitable. <laughs> you know, we, we. I mean, I had some tough questions lined up for him as well. Um, not really sure how he. I don't think he would have reacted very kindly to those questions, given how he was how he reacted to the question or the comment 
that caused him to just leave the meeting. So yeah, that was it. That was the interview was over. So yeah, big disappointment, really. But then I think that you know, the thing is, had you continued the interview with him, you know, so say say you had been able to move on from that topic, you know, it's clear that if he was that, and I'm good, I'm going to use the words butthurt at the beginning. How how much worse would he have got when you were talking about stuff he was involved with? So I think it was an, I, th- I don't think there's anything you could probably have done to get him to a point where you could ask him real questions and he would give you real answers. You know, so I think that was uh, that was what contributed to the failure of this task was that he was not willing to you know uh, have a conversation about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The back and forth. He was you know very inflexible in his views and. Um... Well, people will read about it in the magazine. So, you know, just... yeah, I'm, I'm very happy we're printing it because I've, you know people will be able to make their own mind up. Yeah, what is said and whatever, and um, yeah, it's a shame because you know I, I think he's I think he's missed a trick a little bit by you know he could have been in a magazine in 2023 where I think had he played ball he probably would have come out of it looking pretty good. Yeah, I think I think he would have done. I mean, I had some. I mean, they had a lot of questions lined up that were that were going to be flattering, and there was a lot of things I wanted to discuss, uh, a lot of topics I wanted to discuss with him, which I think would have been, you know, if we could have drilled down into it and and really sort of gone into the minutiae and the nuts and bolts of how things operated behind the scenes in the various companies that he worked for. I think he, um, I think he, I think he could have been a really good interview for him, and and certainly a really good interview for the magazine as well. And sadly, it was not to be. Sadly, not to be. But I'm sure when this issue is released and it is and and the and the interview is released, I'm sure he will have some things to say in social media, uh, because that's that's what he does. He um he is a deflector of everything to try and uh, get himself over with his. His audience, so I fully expect that's what he's going to do. But you know, it's, yeah, possibly, uh, possibly. I mean, my way of looking at it is, you know, just it, it was just such a shame that it ended the way it did. You know, there's no anger towards him. No. Um, just you know, I think it could have been really good, and it and it wasn't. And no. um, and that's you know, to me is my um, opinion of it. You know, it's not, this isn't, when I write it up, this isn't going to be, um, you know, hatchet job on him. It's just going to be presenting him the way the interview went. Um, it's not going to be satisfying for you to write the, no, the way it, it ended up. There's no, I'm, I will take no satisfaction from it at all. I mean, I was at first thinking, well, we're not running it. And then I thought, well, we should run it. So I mentioned it to the editor and he said, well, yeah, let's run it. And then I've got to say, I started having second thoughts. You know, I don't want to run this thing. You know, let's just ditch it because, you know, it's kind of, you know, as I say, I take some of the responsibility for the failure of this interview. And I don't like to, you know, I like to get things right, as people know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're involved in something that that's a flop, you know, you've got to, you've got to ask yourself some difficult questions and you've got to, you know, said to yourself, well, you know, what could you have done differently here? So anyway, we're going to run it, but we'll see what he says. But I mean, I'm not interested in getting into an argument no. with Vince Russo about this interview or about anything else, frankly. Um, I don't see the point. I don't see what it's going to achieve. Don't and, get on the uh, airtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going to, you know, put this out there and and um, and people can just make of it what they will. 
Uh, and then, but also in in that issue, you will have a, an extensive Jake the Snake Roberts interview. Um, it was, I mean, I will say when because when when the Russo interview was happening, I was I was just you know skipping along in life, and then I guess it all happens. And that night, I get texting the editor saying we're going to have to come up with another interview. I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> and, um, but I've got to say, you know, big props to um, the people, uh, specifically Derek, who is uh, Conrad's PR guy who uh, set us up with along with AEW to get the Jake interview to happen so quickly. So we much appreciate them, uh, you know, really playing ball and coming, coming to coming to bat and helping us out to make this happen so quickly. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, Jake was, you know, really good. He gave us like 40 minutes of his time. You know, I think people will, hopefully people will enjoy the interview. Certainly very, very different to the, um, to the argument, you know, the, the <laughs> failed, the, 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 the interview that just ended abruptly, um, you know, the Jake one was a very different tone to it. And, you know, I thought we covered a lot of interesting topics and some people will have read some of them and heard him talk about certain things that we discussed in the interview before. But I think there is some original material in there, or at least I hope there is. And um, I thought we told like a really good story in the interview. Shame that we couldn't, you know, Vince Russo and I couldn't do that, but hey-ho, these things happen. Yeah. Um, well, listen, let's move on. A, a wacky story has come out, Finn. CNBC reported that WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators to legalise betting on scripted match results. So they're talking to regulators in Colorado and Michigan Um to try and and then they're also going to work with a, a company called uh, Ernst and Young, who you've probably seen their their buildings in big cities, to secure match results so they won't leak to the public. Um, WWE creative executives don't plan to inform wrestlers who will win until hours before a match. WWE aims to have major sports betting companies offer bets on high profile matches. Finn, what are your initial thoughts when that comes? that information is presented? Um, well, as we know, you can bet on WWE events in this I country know. and have been able to do so for over 20 years. William Hill about... Because what was, was one of the first ones when William yeah, Hill William took a Hill. bet? William Hill was the first one to offer the bet, yes. And was there was there one, and it was, was from what I remember reading in Power Slam. The first one was like you could take a bet on who the WBF champion would be at the end of the year. That is correct. That is the one. Yes, that's what happened. Okay. Um, but I mean, it is because in America, obviously, gambling is, is, I mean, if it's a big business in the UK, it's a massive business in America. But it does seem like there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of pitfalls potentially because if it's, if it's the big matches, then number one, it's going to be very obvious who's going to win the big matches most of the time. <laughs> yeah, well, not always, but a lot of the times, yes. You know, I mean, you know, for example, if Roman Reigns was the champion, I could have just bet every month until WrestleMania, and you know, I'd I'd make a killing. But then also, so for this to work, they're not going to be able to tell the whole creative team who's winning matches because we all, as we know, the creative team talk. That's how all these stories get out all the time. Yeah. Of, you know, the plan for this guy, the plan for that guy. Oh, this was supposed to happen. That was supposed to, you know, it all comes. So they would, they would have to be sort of two or three top people who know. And then the wrestlers would not be allowed to know that they're going to 
win a title or keep a title or it, it just all it seems like there's it's a recipe for disaster in terms of you know say someone wins a million dollars or something yeah from a bet yeah couldn't somebody just sue and go well wait a minute that there's no way that nobody knew this before this point i you know find out who leaked this here or there i mean just it seems in in america who are so you know so happy as a country yeah it just seems like we're going to be heading towards some issues of some kind yeah lots of litigation yeah they Um, love it don't they yeah i mean it does seem like well, if someone finds out, oh, we're not going to tell the wrestlers until two or three hours before, well, that's plenty of time to make a quick call to, you know, Dave out there <laughs> in in, uh, in Reno or Las Vegas or whatever. Yeah. Make this bet for us. Or, sorry, it was, it's not in, in uh, Nevada. What was it? Colorado, you said. Colorado and Michigan. Colorado and Michigan. You know, like, oh, you can call Steve, you know, in Denver. <laughs> so, you know, Steve, you know, bet the farm on me winning. I'm going over. So, I mean, yeah, that there, it's almost like, you know, the whole thing of a fixed boxing match, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, the whole thing that we've seen in so many movies and TV shows that's set in the 40s or 50s where, you know, oh, the mafia or organized crime, you know, they've got the fixes in but so that they can bet on this guy to win and they're going to clean up. So that type of situation, it's not hard to imagine how that would occur because there's a lot, there would be a lot, hell of a lot of money to be made. And if you're going to say, well, we're going to have like a, a limit to the betting, you can only bet $10, kind of rather takes the, the excitement out of it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, because also the, the, the other thing is, is this going to, and some people have talked to this, so this is not me making the most original thought in the world, but is this going to lead to poorer booking? Because with with good booking comes fairly obvious results for the most part, right? Because, you know, a good story, you can kind of see where it's going a lot of the time and you, you enjoy the ride. So are they going to have to just like swerve us? To, to, you know, so that, you know, if you bet, you know, all this money, Cody Rhodes is going to win at WrestleMania, you have, Roman win and then Cody beats him the next night so that you still get what you want to go but you don't lose all the money like it's it seems mad because I would love to know I mean I don't know if there's any way to get these metrics at all but I wonder how many people bet on wrestling in the UK like I wonder if it's a big thing I don't really hear about it a lot so I don't know I mean do you know many people that I mean I, I don't really know anybody who bets on wrestling yeah I mean years ago people used to write into Power Slam and get in touch you know, via email or whatever, saying, oh, yeah, I, you know, worked it out and, you know, got five out of the six results or six out of the seven results right and, you know, did made a tidy sum on this event or, you know, that match or whatever. So I think it's something, because it's, it's like a novelty bet, isn't it? And Paddy Power off for them. And yeah. I think most, I think Sky Bet do. I think most of the um, gambling sites do offer bets on major WWE events. And I think it's actually been fine. I haven't heard of any sort of corruption or any scandals or any, you know, insider, you know, trading or whatever you want to call it. You know, this sort of process by which where people uh, know exactly who's going to win and they're now betting on that outcome because they know and they've got the inside word. So, I mean, 
that's never really been a story. And it's been going on now for over 20 years. So, I mean, maybe we're overreacting here, Kenny. Maybe it'll be fine. Maybe they'll find a way around this and it'll it'll operate very smoothly and everyone will have a lot of fun with it, or at least the people who get money will have a lot of fun with it. And it'll, you know, it'll actually work fairly well. I mean, I rarely use this word because, and you don't like this word, and I don't really use it either. But I think as long as it's just a bunch of marks who are doing it, that it, 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 it because if it becomes, I think it only becomes a problem if it becomes like a serious business where people are like going, right, I'm going to bet ten grand on this thing or that thing that we know is going to happen because surely the betting companies are eventually going to be. Well, this is, you know, this isn't the same as betting on a UFC fight or yeah. betting on a. You know, the the outcomes are quite obvious. And that's yeah. a good thing for the most part. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the odds usually reflect that, though, don't they? So you've got to make a massive bet. Like, I mean, we we all think that Cody's going to defeat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We all think that. Yeah. So the odds will reflect that. So you'll have to lay a ton of money down to get anything back, won't you? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's an obvious, if it's a result that seems obvious. Although I will say this. Now, I remember at the time, someone wrote into PowerSlam about this, and I read about it quite extensively, and apparently this was bona fide, that someone had laid a massive bet on Undertaker defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30. It was like <laughs> many, many thousands. It was like, I don't know how much it was, but it was a huge, It was like 10 grand plus, could have been even more than that. And uh, because it just seemed like such a safe bet that The Undertaker would always win and he was always going to win. No, there's no way The Undertaker's ever going to lose at WrestleMania. I believe that. Everyone believed that. And this person laid the money down and the return was going to be minuscule because of the odds, because the odds obviously favoured Undertaker winning. Mm -hmm. Um, And he lost it all. And it was like this was his deposit on his house. It was his whole future. And um, apparently that was true. I remember being told about it at the time by a few people. And, um, you know, the person in question was absolutely devastated, understandably. Um, I mean, I've got to say, Kenny, I've never laid a bet on a wrestling match. I've thought about it many times. (laughs) I just thought, you know, I'd have to put a lot of money down to really get a return. And I just know how, and certainly under Vince, I just know how erratic he was. And how fickle he could be. And I know just how strange this industry was, is, and will always be. And, you know, there are, there are safe bets, but I mean, there are no guarantees. And that's why I've never bet on a wrestling match. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
And I just think in my life, I have, you know, the money, other things going on that, uh, uh, you know, that's enough of a risk. I don't need (laughs) the thrill of laying about and wrestling, Matt. Yeah. We'll we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. And um, a couple couple of things going on on NXT and on AEW. Uh, NXT first, we did have the... uh, (laughs) I mean, Shawn Michaels is replaying parts of his career in front of our very eyes on Tuesday nights. What did he give us this week, Vince? Well, we got the the Roxanne Perez. She's the NXT Women's Champion. She beat uh, Mako Satomura. Actually, was a pretty good match. There were some sloppy moments, some moments of instances of hesitation in there. I was expecting a little bit more from the match than it delivered, although it was really good in sequences. The problem is Roxanne Perez, you can see he's one of those people who has to rehearse things. She has to have it all worked out in her head what's going to happen. She's not really there yet. I hope they don't send her to the main roster for at least another year because I think she will die at brutal death there she's just nowhere near ready she may never be ready um and you know mako i think did a really good job in the match but there was yeah a few sort of dodgy moments in this one and um there was actually a good story they told and that was that mako was um attacking um roxanne's head and she was selling it she was actually selling the the supposed head injury throughout the match i thought it was was convincing and then after Perez had scored the pin. She stood up. Satomura uh, presented the title belt to her. And then Perez collapsed in the ring in the manner of Shawn Michaels in November 95, just after Survivor Series, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. The famous on. angle on Raw in the yep. match with Owen Hart. So they tried to recreate that on NXT. Um, did you watch it, Kenny? I, I did. I did watch that part of it. I, mean, I thought they did a pretty good job of it. I, I mean, in in nineteen ninety five, you could get away with that kind of stuff more. I think today there's a level of like, like you've got to, you've got to just be tasteful enough in how you do it that you don't want it to come across like it's you know you know taking the piss out of something that could seriously happen. I thought they, they did a decent job of kind of you know it didn't go too far, but um, yeah, I mean it just it, it did make me laugh though because I was like, well, we've had the barbershop window scene. We've had uh, the the you know the the ninety five replication. So who's good? When is Savio going to come out as a mystery opponent? We we just need that to complete the trifecta. <laughs> He's still going as Savio down in Puerto Rico. Maybe get him back for backlash this year. You know, you never know. Um, <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was I was actually uh, also in NXT. I was very happy to see Johnny Gargano come back. Uh, you know, he's going to be facing Grayson Waller now, Stan and Deliver, and that's obviously tying together the story of Grayson Waller being the one to take him out when he left. Yes, back in December 21, I think it was, wasn't it? The yes. End of... Yeah, so yeah, oh, good... yeah, I mean, that all made sense. I mean, I, I was, I, I remember when that happened and uh, uh, Gargano's contract had expired or was about to expire, and uh, I figured that there would be a moment when Johnny Gargano would return to NXT for revenge. And mm-hmm. um, he's going to do that at the stand and deliver. He is. He is. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention from last night's Dynamite that I saw that I thought were worth a mention. Uh, I really liked Brian Danielson's promo that he had from after the match at Revolution, where he basically uh, talked about how, you know, he, can't, he, he when he woke up after the 
you know, the libe- being unconscious in the bell lock, he couldn't feel his arms and his leg didn't have strength. And he said, it's time for me to go home. He said he was ashamed more than anything else. And it feels like there's a story here. There's something happening with, with Danielson. And I, I like where it could potentially go for him. So I like that they're kind of following that up. I also really liked Ruby Soho's promo. Her heel promo with Renee Paquette, where she was kind of talking about, you know, the fans who wanted Soraya to come out of retirement and look what they did to her since she came back. And, uh, you know, I used to call the fans ne- neck-bearded trolls was her was, was her description. Um, <laughs> but uh, she did a pretty good promo. So I enjoyed those two things. What I did not enjoy was obviously, I'd said on Tuesday that I'd kind of thought Powerhouse Hobbs beats Wardlow and that can begin Wardlow's heel turn, right? We talked about this. That can yes. Be what I did not expect was that the person who would help uh, Powerhouse Hobbs would be QT Marshall. <laughs> I mean, like, on what? Now, now apparently, somebody said, oh, you know, well, QT helped Hobbs against Ricky Starks six months ago. I do not care if he helped. Nobody wants to see QT Marshall with Powerhouse Hobbs. Nobody. No. And if it's a one-time thing, that makes it even dumber because then it's like, well, why would you take the... You know, Powerhouse Hobbs, he won the ladder match last week. He has, yeah. He's got some momentum behind him. He, he's a cool character. You know, he's a big, big bastard. You know, some people like those kind of characters. And it's just like... I, I said on Twitter today, to me, QT Marshall feels like Baron Corbin-esque. And I mean that in terms of like the groan that you have when he's involved in a big storyline. Oh no! And I just and I know QT's tight with Tony Khan and he, he's high up, but I just who in the right mind wants to see him involved in this? I, I have no idea. I mean, I just Samoa Joe should have just dropped the belt to Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, bypass Revolution, bypass Wardlow entirely. Um, have Joe drop the belt to Powerhouse Hobbs? Have, have Hobbs turn babyface? I mean, this was in this was held in his um, in his hometown, wasn't it? I knew his hometown, the show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that to me would have been the time to turn him, you know, with a crowd that probably wanted to cheer him, and have him come across as a superhero beating Samoa Joe, and then work out what you're going to do with Wardlow after that. I mean, maybe then Wardlow returns and like, well, you beat me to it. You beat Samoa Joe before I could. And then have Wardlow do the heel turn on Samoa, uh, on Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, that to me would have been the way to go. And that way, you know, Joe does the job to Hobbs. And Hobbs gets the big win in his hometown or near his hometown. He gets the big cheer. And then we have Wardlow confront him and it's a new story for him. And then he edges towards a heel turn, which I think if there's going to be anything left, any value left at all in Wardlow now, he has to turn. He's just yeah. got it. But um, none, so- none of the you know, the scenarios you've laid out there, the scenario I laid out on Tuesday or today, any of them that you want to go with, none of them involve QT Marshall. No, because who cares about QT Marshall? He's like a comedy guy. He's and like he was- isn't it? Yeah, and because I, I know he'd put a thing up on QT had put a thing up on Twitter recently where he said, you know, that basically because of how many fans were saying they hated the factory, and not hated the factory in the way that like you know, oh, I want to see the factory get their comeuppance, but just like I hate seeing them on TV. 
Tony Khan disbanded them. <laughs> so he was complaining on Twitter about that. Which, so then now, somehow QT's weaseled his way into this. And it's like, look, you know, the thing is, I, I was watching a lot of kind of people on, on Twitter who, you know, people who love AEW, people who, who like it, people who dip in and out, people who don't like it. And there was a lot of people I saw after the pay-per-view who were who felt some goodwill towards some of the stories that were happening. And they yeah. were quite keen to see Dynamite, right? And see what the fallout was going to be for various things. And there was some stuff that, that, you know, was decent enough. They set up some stuff with the Omega and Jericho for next week in Winnipeg, which makes sense. Big, big triple threat match for the trio's titles. But I just can't comprehend on what planet QT Marshall got into this. Like I woke up this morning, Finn, I had to, I had to just kind of do a double take. I thought, am I, am I in some weird bad dream? I mean, I, I just don't know what to say about it. It's just <laughs> pointless. It's just... I mean, it's just, it's just why? It's just like no one wants to watch this person on TV. It's just that simple. No one wants to watch QT Marshall on TV. So this probably is now going to necessitate a QT Marshall versus Wardlow match. Who wants to watch that? Where's the drama? Where's the mystery? Well, who's going to win that one? I mean, it's like no one wants to see this match. And like, you know, then what? But it's like two title changes in, was it like four days or whatever it is? Three days, four days. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... You know, it's like the 24-7 title. I mean, you don't want to see titles change hands this often because it devalues them. It diminishes their worth. Everyone knows this. But if, you, so, but if, you're, if, you're, if you're going to do it and you're going to have Hobbs get this big win yeah. four days after Wardlow wins it, you're going to you know do two sh- title changes in short succession. Then give Hobbs the full, the full treatment. Give him the full... Yes. W- what should not be happening today is we should be sitting here going... Powerhouse Hobbs has won the TNT title. Wonder what's going to happen with Wardlow next. Or, you know, we talk about what's going to happen with Hobbs next. We're quite interested to see where it goes. We should not be saying, oh, no, QT Marshall's involved. Like, that's not where anyone's brain should be. And, you know, at this, I mean, promoters have been guilty of this since the dawn of time. But surely to God, Tony Khan can go, do you know what? QT is part of my, my, my booking team or whatever. He's a close confidant, does a lot of backstage stuff with AEW, but that's where he should stay. Yes. Shouldn't be, you know, you have to have a level of awareness. It was, I'll give you an example, way smaller, smaller example, right? But when I was at WCPW in, in like 2016, 2017, and you saw Adam Pacitti and all the YouTuber guys doing wrestling programs, they were like characters in the show. Yeah. And I was like, and and there was points where it was like, oh, Kenny, why don't you get involved? And I was like, oh, it's just not for me. I don't think I'd be any good at it. It's not. It's just not where I'm an interviewer. You know, people know me for doing interviews on YouTube and all that. I've just, I'd rather just stick to what I think I'm pretty good at and what I'm what I'm known for, rather than making a tit of myself. And <laughs> and that's what I think I'd be doing. But the fact that QT Marshall doesn't think that he'd be making a tit of himself shows that he doesn't have any self awareness. And if he doesn't have any <laughs> self awareness, he shouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what always got me about him was that he's this trainer and all the people who were around him in the factory were terrible <laughs> I just thought, well what does that say about him as a trainer where's anthony agogo where's aaron solo where's nick Komaroto? where's anthony anthony agogo where are they all <laughs> i don't know i mean nick you looked at him and thought wow look at him 
I mean, it's no. just like this beefcake <laughs> ballet. You know, he's got all this hair. My God, he looks mean. <laughs> and then you watched him in the ring. You're like, wow, he's terrible. <laughs> he's going to get better. And he never did. And then, and then I saw QT. I, I sorry to just you know bash QT Marshall more and more, but I do want to say this. So I was on Twitter earlier today, and Raj Giri, who is the former owner of Wrestling Inc., right? He um he had actually tweeted out uh, yes yesterday. He said, uh, "I just don't get the booking of Wardlow." That's what he said. He said something like, "I don't." I, I let me get the exact tweet here. No one does. Yeah. It's nonsensical. So he said, the booking of Wardlow since Double or Nothing, I don't get it, right? And then QT quote tweeted him and said, Raj, you do not get it because you have no understanding of the actual inner workings of professional wrestling. Oh. And it's like, listen. I mean, how patronising. We've, we've watched the TV. We've watched the TV since last May. So we know there's people who love AEW and who would defend it to its core who are saying the Wardlow booking has been bad. So that's when you know, when you've got every spectrum of the fan base saying, this isn't very good, then you can't defend it. But he's... Exactly, exactly. And it's like your thing about self-awareness. You've got to have your aware- the awareness when something's not working. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have. I mean, I talk, you know, whenever we, when we used to go to the Power Slam magazines, you know, the overrun. <laughs> I mean, it was probably about six. I mean, this is the magazine I did. And it's like probably about 60% complimentary, maybe 65% complimentary. And 35% um, was was me trashing my own product because it, things hadn't gone right and that things didn't work or things should have been better or et cetera, et cetera. And I think if you can't be honest with yourself about what you're doing and you know the things that work and the things that don't, then you're in a lot of trouble. You know, you've got to be able to have that you know, that eye for that detail and you've got to be like, you know, that antenna and to detect when something's not working and change direction. I mean, but I mean, this Wardlow thing, it's, I mean, they've just blown it with him. Um, I mean, in some ways, I was going to try and say something good about it then, but there isn't anything good to say about it. I, I do really feel for Wardlow because, I mean, I think he had... Prior to the Joe match in December, I think he could have still been saved. He could have been rescued. He could have been salvaged. He could have still been a big player in AEW. And I just don't see it now. I don't see a way back for him. I think there's too much damage has been inflicted upon his character. Well, we talked Uh, on Tuesday. I think the, 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 the thing that they should do is have him end up back with MJF. Yes. That is the, the only course of action. Um, and QT Marshall, I mean, it's it, it's just a no. It's a no for me. It's yeah. a no for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure if you called up QT's wife and you asked her <laughs> properly, what do you think, love? She'd go, nah. Yeah, he's just, not very, he's just not very good at it, is he? He's just not very good at it. But I mean, train, and- train them away at the Nightmare Factory. Stay down there and, and do that. Yeah, I mean, what about Tony's speech on the on the show? I mean, so we've now instead of an all Atlantic title, we've got an international title. I, I mean, was, least... that was the name of a WCW title, wasn't it? The one that yeah. was the NWA title, and then they withdrew from the NWA. Yeah. I'm like, well, what are we going to call it? Oh, let's call it the international title. In Superstars of Wrestling, I referred to it as the intergalactic title. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it was. 
Um, but, you know, I just want to say also about Ruby Soho. I think mm-hmm. it's been a really good move for her turning heel. Um, I thought she did well in the match with Sky Blue. I thought she came across as suitably villainous. I thought that was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. FTR, they did a promo yes. on uh, the Gun Club. So, did they announce when that match would take place? No, it's not been announced yet. Right, okay. Um, so that's 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 upcoming. So I think that's a match that's going to be good for them and hopefully a good match for the Gun Club as well. So um be interesting to see how that goes because we're getting... I'm not sure when FTR's contracts expire. I mean, it could be end of April, in which case they've got seven weeks left or potentially seven weeks left in AEW. Um, but it's a good sign. It does board well for AEW that they're back on TV um, and that they're being you know, pushed into this title match um, with the Gun Club. Um, maybe they're going to stick around. I mean, I would say that AEW would like to retain them. I mean, oh, yeah. If I were AEW, I would want to keep those guys, Cash and Dax, on, on the team. I would want to re-sign them. Tons so, you could do with them. Tons you could do with them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We will be back doing an overrun this weekend on Patreon. I uh, want to thank you for all your support. Um, you can also soon, I can't remember if it's this Friday or next Friday, but soon on Patreon, you'll get to hear me with Ollie and KJ talking about Sold Out 2000 from WCW where uh, neither of them had any clue about the context of what happened that week leading up to the show. So I filled them in, and I think they were more confused after my explanation than before it. So uh, but anyway, that, that's up there as well. So um, <clears throat> And obviously you can uh, go to insidedropesmagazine.com. Issue 31 is not up for pre-order yet. I think that'll be coming up at the beginning of next week. And obviously you've got basically two F. Martin uh, feature pieces for the price of one. You've got the, the massive Jake the Snake one. You've also got the Vince Russo thing as well. Um, and there'll be the usual smorgasbord of Q&A and everything else in there. So hope that you will check it out. Yes. Um, yes. And thanks to everyone for sending the questions in. Uh, there's still time, by the way. I won't be starting on Q&A probably until Saturday. So if you want me to answer one of your questions, um, just send it in to me uh, via my Facebook or my Twitter or my email address, which is finleybmartin at gmail.com. There you go. You know how to get in touch with a man if you want to ask him a question. So thank you very much for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.